0: this is legend i'm sam i'm amy and i am sick again <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think it's way worse this time i have children <laughs> they are <laughs> full of diseases those demons
1: but they just, just burying I mean,
0: everything in there it's pretty pretty bad yeah it sounds <laughs> pretty bad <laughs> um so you want to know what i did today Yes I do. Okay so I was hurrying up so that I could get in here and start recording with you so you can go to bed because you're sick. <laughs> <laughs> and I was in the shower and I shower in the dark after the gym. I don't know why I just like to. And That's it's- interesting. <laughs> well it's a full moon out so I could there's plenty of light coming in so I can see but I took the shower head down uh, because my soap that I use is extra gritty. Like uh-huh. it has like coffee grounds and uh, loofah ground up in it. So it's and an I, exfoliant. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, so I took the shower head down because it's like seven feet tall and it doesn't get all the little grimy bits off of me. And when I went to put it back up, I dropped it. And it's smashed into my eyebrow. Oh, <gasps> probably going to have like a little black eye or something tomorrow. <laughs> I was just going to say, I'm looking at your eyebrow and it looks okay. This one in the dark. Oh, I see it. There's like a little goose egg. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, I can't see it because that face like right where it's at is in shadow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a little goose egg there. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah, I am. I am so good at life. (laughs) Yeah, you dropped that into your face. You dropped your phone into your face and had a black eye. That one was awesome. (laughs) Oh, there's some snot coming right on down. I warned Amy that she's going to have to ignore the the snot that just flowing from my nostrils. Well, Um, luckily I took my glasses off right now, so I don't see anything. Well, that's great. Yeah. No, you don't want to look, I promise you. Oh, you know what I forgot to say? Wow. So you guys are getting it now. This is a podcast, if you didn't <laughs> know. And it's about cryptids, urban legends, and the paranormal. Just in case you don't know who we are yet. Yeah, or I if mean, you're new here and you're starting on this episode. This is a very odd episode to start on, unless you're just a really big fan of Annabelle, I guess. I mean, you might be. Some people are. Um, Yeah, by the way, I'm doing Annabelle because we're doing the Warrens. A couple cases from the Warrens. Um, So are you ready? Yes, we should probably get into it so you can go to bed. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Not that I don't love doing this, but man, oh, man, is this one kicking my ass. (laughs) So for Annabelle, um. So I had finished all the research on Annabelle and I came across uh, this one um, article. Just one. You're not going to ask me if I know what Annabelle is? Please. (laughs) If you don't know what Annabelle is. uh, I only knew a little bit because of you. And before that, I just knew it was a doll they made a movie about. Well, that's what I was going to say is we kind of talked about it. Yeah. For the Warrens episode, so. That is all I know. Well, you're about to get edumacated on some Annabelle. All right. So get into what you found. (laughs) Okay. So I found just one article, just this one. And I figured I'd put it in here. But because I've never heard the story start here. uh, But so um, it usually starts in 1970. But I found this one little blip that says in the 1960s. Uh, An American writer found the Raggedy Ann doll in his backyard. (laughs) He assumed that a child had left the doll there on accident. So he asked all of his neighbors about it. uh, But they said that it didn't belong to them. So he gave the doll to his daughter, Marshella. Marshella. That's a name I've never heard before. That is fun. But Marshella... Was a 12-year-old girl, and she loved the doll. She played with it all the time, and she went to bed with it every night. Later, however, the doll went missing. They searched Uh everywhere, and they could not find it. Uh, They claimed that Marcella was heartbroken about it, and then later on, when she was 13, she got extremely sick, and she ended up passing away. So... That is something I've never heard before. And now I heard that little Cecil. <laughs> <laughs> they have been turds tonight. That's okay. I actually have Asher laying at my feet, and he's snoring. So if you guys can hear something that sounds like a truck motor at any point, it is. I don't, think Asher. So. I don't hear anything. That's good. He's you sleeping on the cat bed. <laughs> did you hear my tummy growl? I did not. Are you oh. hungry? Actually, no-ish. No-ish. Okay. Slightly. Like, I could eat a little snack. It's probably because there's a pint of ice cream in there that I really want to eat. Oh my god, that sounds heavenly. I don't know if I could taste it right now, but it sounds heavenly. Oh, well, you're going to get this ice cream when you come to visit because it's uh, my favorite ice cream ice cream place in ever it's called Ooh. handles it's handles yeah that's, get, that's good sounds interesting i get ori dough so it's like cookies and cream but with like cookie dough also put in there i thought you were gonna say it's like doritos and cookies mixed together for some reason uh, i was like that sounds awful. horrible yeah no <laughs> i'm not eating that <laughs> Okay, so this is where most places start for the Annabelle story. In 1970, a mother purchased a Raggedy Ann doll from a thrift store to give to her 28-year-old daughter, Donna. (laughs) I still can't get over that. Who has also been referred to as Deidre, Renard, and Debbie, depending on the sources. Um, And she got it for her for her birthday. So this was taken right from the Nesper files on Annabelle. So the um, Warrens' website, uh, it was taken straight from them. However, I watched an interview with Tony Sparra, which is the Warrens' son-in-law. Uh, he was interviewing the Warrens, and they talk about Annabelle. And Ed Warren says, first of all, it was 1971. And it was given to Donna as a Christmas present. Okay, so makes it a little better. Well, still she's kind of old. She's still 28. It just (laughs) changes what by one year and a birthday or Christmas. So I don't know. Inconsistencies, but I just figured I'd point it out because it's inconsistencies within themselves. Like Nesper is run by you know the Warren son-in-law. Tony Sparrow was interviewing the Warrens when he said this so (laughs) okie dokie uh anyway uh so when I did my little synopsis of Annabelle in the Warrens episode you asked why the mom would have gotten her grown-ass daughter a doll for her birthday and the closest thing I could find to an answer was that she was essentially trying to be silly and bring like joy to her daughter Because her daughter was getting ready to, like, graduate and all of that and was under a lot of stress and stuff. So, but that's, like, I couldn't find really anything else. Being a mom, she was probably just trying to hint, hey, I want some grandchildren. (laughs) (laughs) She was like, get you a man and get you a child. Mm -hmm. A little bit about Donna. She lived in a small apartment with her roommate, Angie. Who I also found was called Laura Clifton in some sources. Okay. I know. I don't I don't know why there's so many <laughs> names for all these people, but uh, they were both nursing students and they were both preparing to graduate from college soon. When Donna brought the doll home, she placed it on her bed as decoration. And within a few days, the women started to notice that the doll was changing positions. <laughs> The that sounds dirty Uh, (laughs) the change in positions were small at first sometimes the doll would have its arms crossed or legs crossed but eventually the change in position became more noticeable with the doll standing up on its feet (laughs) and i mean let me just remind you this is a raggedy ann doll it has no joints or anything Mm -hmm. solid um then it started turning up in different places around the apartment uh and donna and angie knew neither one of them had moved it so in nesper which i talked about nesper like just a few seconds ago but for some reason i decided right here is when you needed to know that it stood for new england (laughs) society of psychic research (laughs) thank you so much you're welcome uh but in their files uh, on Annabelle, they stated that sometimes Donna would leave the doll on the couch before going to work, uh, and then when she got home, she would find the doll back on her bed, um, in her bedroom with the door closed. Oh yay! So in the interview I watched with Tony Sparra, Ed tells a story about how the roommate Angie took Annabelle and set her at the table with her and Donna for breakfast, oh, God. and we're talking to the doll, <laughs> doll, um. I don't know why grown women would do that, but sure. Uh <laughs> I guess they did it several times. And on the third time, Annabelle's arms were propped up like on the arms of the chair, but then they like raised. Like all I can imagine is like Frankenstein, like with his hands straight <laughs> <Yeah>. out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they like raised. Um once Donna and Angie went out with a friend named Lou who is also referred to as Cal Randall in other sources. What the hell? <laughs> I know. I don't get it. In the other sources, like, they have, like, first and last names. But in, like, any of the Warrens direct like interviews or sources, they only have first names, Lou, Angie, Donna. Maybe they were trying to, like, you know, give them nicknames so that nobody knew exactly who it was. Yeah, but I just I'm just calling them what the Warrens called them. (laughs) And also in some sources, uh, he's said to have been Angie's uh, fiance. And then other sources, he's just their friend. Mm -hmm. Uh, But when they returned to the apartment, so they went out with their friend Lou and when they returned to the apartment and they opened the door, they found the doll on its knees staring (laughs) at them as they entered. So Mind you, again, the doll has no joints. Nope. So they picked the doll up and tried to place it back on its knees. And they could not get it to stand up at all. So about a month after acquiring the doll, Donna and Angie started to find notes written around the house that seemed like cries for help. They were written on parchment paper and in a childlike handwriting they read things like help us and help Lou. <laughs> is Do- he the one that gets choked. Yes, he is. <laughs> Donna and Angie claimed that they never kept parchment paper or even pencils in what the house. What the hell? They're going Maybe- to school and they don't have pencils? Maybe they just keep pens. Yeah, but... That's like, what I was thinking. School. You want pencils. Uh True, but some people aren't aren't as smart (laughs) um so according to Nesper's website one night when Donna came home Annabelle had moved to her bed again which she didn't really think much of because that was becoming a normal occurrence Mm -hmm. but they say that somehow Donna knew this time was different and fear overwhelmed her when she went to look at the doll, she saw what she thought was blood on the back of its hands Ooh. and three drops of blood on the doll's chest. Hmm. They have no idea where it came from, and they were freaked the fuck out, so they decided to contact the medium. Wait, was it still on there when, like, people saw the doll? Uh-uh. It's not on there now, at least. Okay, so how did the doll clean itself i it's a magic doll <laughs> <It> just <laughs> absorbed i have no idea but there's another well, well i'll tell you when we get to that part but there's another part that's like interesting okay so now this contradicts what ed said in his interview which again i'm noting it because Nesper said this is when they called the medium, but Ed said in this interview uh that after the breakfast experience that they had with Annabelle, it intrigued them. And so they knew a friend who knew a medium, and they thought there was a spirit in the doll, and so they just basically wanted to talk to the medium for fun. Oh, yeah, sure. But that's what Ed said, and then Nesper website says you know that when they found the blood on the back of annabelle's hands and on her chest that's when they decided to call the medium so the again there's two different stories Mm -hmm. uh so i just figured i'd point that out um with the medium they performed the seance and the medium told donna and angie that the spirit inside the doll was named annabelle higgins (laughs) <laughs> um in a separate so source very precise right that's what i'm saying you can't like get the names of the actual people involved right but the name of the doll is yeah <laughs> yep they know it's annabelle <laughs> well and i think i only found annabelle higgins in one source and then every other source it was just annabelle so i don't know i don't know but uh in a separate source The story goes that the roommate Angie loved the doll so much that she named it Annabelle. So. I think that's what you said on the last one. Yeah. There's just a few different details. Um, The medium tells the woman that Annabelle was found dead in the field that the apartment was built on when she was seven years old. Okay. In a documentary called Annabelle the Doll, The Origins, they say that Annabelle had relayed to the woman through the doll, or I mean, through the medium, that since her death, she had wandered the fields, but once the apartments were built, she said she felt lonely because everyone was always at work, so she had no one to play with. Mm. This is also different than what Ed said in his interview because Ed said... That the medium told them that there was a six-year-old girl named Annabelle who died in an automobile accident outside of their apartment. And he never went into any specifics that, like, the doll or the not the doll, the little girl was lonely or anything like that. Um, then Annabelle says she saw the young women in the fun-looking Raggedy Ann doll and was excited that she finally had someone to play with, and she thought that she thought that because the women were young, they would be more sympathetic to her. Donna and Angie felt compassion for Annabelle, so they gave her permission to stay in the doll and live with them. Oh, Lord. This was a very bad idea, obviously. <laughs> so wait, if she wasn't in the doll before, but she was wandering around was she just like a spirit or was she possessing other things Uh, i think she was just a spirit and actually i know she well according to one source she's they said that she was a spirit wandering around the field okay okay i'll take it (laughs) Uh, also sorry guys if you hear like this in your ears (laughs) it's me i got tissue i keep wiping my nose because it's dripping like a faucet um anyway so now we're gonna talk about their friend Lou's experience with the doll yeah Uh, he had never liked the doll and he thought it was evil and he told the women to get rid of it a bunch of times but Angie and Donna obviously had compassion towards it so they didn't god Lou had started to have reoccurring nightmares since Annabelle entered the picture (laughs) uh one night he was awake but suddenly felt like he couldn't move he looked toward his feet and he saw Annabelle the doll began to glide over his body until it was at (laughs) his chest hovering above him and then he says that Annabelle began to choke him so in our Warren's episode we had wondered why you know he couldn't get the super light-ass doll yeah, off of him and so now we kind of have an answer is because he was essentially like paralyzed uh he says that he was gasping for air and then he blacked out ed states that lou had actual marks around his neck but i didn't see that anywhere else um and another thing is little a little later on i'll talk about um, a video on youtube i watched have you ever heard of buds uh buds buzzfeed unsolved i think so i don't think i ever really watched it though i haven't actually ever watched it either but i did watch it for this one Mm -hmm. and um they were talking and the guy was like how could she choke him she has no bones in her hands to put like pressure." pressure but then you think okay but if this is legit like it's a supernatural yeah it's like it doesn't make much sense this is kind of my thought um first of all i don't obviously trust that ed said that (laughs) that (laughs) there were marks um but sleep paralysis you know Uh that can be a very scary thing for people and a lot of people report having their own boogeyman and if he was already so scared of the doll his boogeyman could have just been the doll and he could have imagined 100 percent. i so so agree with you <laughs> <laughs> 100 that's that's what i thought it was i was gonna say that here in just a second but that's literally exactly what i think probably happened but anyway um a little bit after that encounter he had another pretty scary like encounter with annabelle He said he and Angie were looking over maps to go on a road trip. Donna was gone somewhere for the day, Uh, which, by the way, when Ed tells the story, he says all three of them were in the apartment. So I don't know. Hey, wait, I have another question. Okay. Why was he sleeping there? I don't think he was sleeping there. Then that's another thing. How did Annabelle suddenly get to wherever he was sleeping? So in one source that I read they used the word teleport oh, a lot. Okay. But that's the only source <laughs> I saw that in. So, but if I'm going to give you any kind of answer I'm going to say she teleported. Because okay. it's the only one that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, makes sense and yeah. the <laughs> quotation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, <laughs> Okay. Alright, sorry for interrupting. Go ahead. Oh no, so... Maybe, maybe not. Donna was gone somewhere for the day. Uh and no place really said where she was, but or where like where they were going on this road trip. But they heard a rustling noise coming from Donna's room. And thinking that it might be an intruder, Lou went to check it out by himself. So he left Angie in the like living room area or whatever. When he entered her room, he found Annabelle on the floor in the corner. So, he walked over to it and picked it up, but suddenly felt as if someone were standing, like, right behind him. So, he swirled around and realized, like, nobody was there behind him. But then he suddenly doubled over and he was grabbing his chest and his chest was covered in blood. When he lifted his shirt, he saw what appeared to be seven claw marks, uh, three vertically and four horizontally. Apparently, they felt like hot burns. Huh. Um, they were almost gone the next day, and then they were completely healed in the day after. So, in the BuzzFeed Unsolved uh, video I watched, they were like, why would Annabelle want to heal him? Yeah. <laughs> like,
1: if she, if she scratched did that. him.
0: But then that also goes into, like, this was the part where I was going to say, like, the blood disappeared and stuff on her. So, I don't know. Maybe she just can make things appear and disappear i have no idea maybe but also (laughs) where'd she get the fingernails to claw (laughs) right or where'd she get the fingers because those dolls just have like those little like yeah they're just sewn like yeah no what are they called what i keep wanting to call them muffins mittens mittens <laughs> my brain just gonna come up with the mittens word muffins. it was like muffins muppets <laughs> <laughs> okay so after this experience donna and angie were like "Yup, it's a demon and they decided to contact an. S es- why i have such a problem with this word i had a problem with this word last time episcopal priest <laughs> named father hegan Uh, who contacted a higher authority in the church named father cook father cook then immediately contacted the warrens who reached out to donna and angie in nesper's file on annabelle it states quote spirits do not possess inanimate objects like houses or toys they possess people an inhuman spirit can attach itself to a place or object and this is what occurred in the annabelle case the spirit manipulated the doll and created the illusion of it being alive in order to get recognition. Truly, the spirit was not looking to stay attached to the doll. It was looking to possess a human host. End quote. In the interview uh, with Tony Spera, Ed also says that God doesn't let little girls stay in dolls, though. It was a demon. Okay. So they call this the infestation stage they also say the entity intentionally moved the doll around the apartment to get the attention of the occupants then it predicted that they would call a medium to communicate with it that's a pretty big prediction instead of just tossing it in the trash can but (laughs) they predicted apparently the entity predicted it um being able to communicate through the medium it was able to weave a sob story to get the women to feel bad for it yep. and grant it permission to stay with them my question about this however um if it wanted to give them the sob story couldn't it have just been easier for it to leave it on those notes <laughs> that it was leaving all around the house it, uh, maybe it, it took didn't... it forever to write like one word that yeah that's like <laughs> kind of thought that after i wrote it but uh, who knows? Um, actually, my next sentence was, "I don't know. Maybe the notes expended too much energy, or maybe <laughs> the medium would have been more convincing." Oh yes, definitely. So, apparently, the next stage after infestation is human possession. The words fully believe that if Donna and Angie had let the activity go on for another two or three weeks, that the entity would have caused them harm or even killed them. Ooh. Yeah. In the Nesper article, they refer to lose seven scratches as, quote, sy- the symbolic mark of the beast. So I kind of went off a little bit right here, but I'm going to read it to you. <laughs> what does mark of the beast actually mean? Well, you're welcome because I looked into it. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. And this you. is my little side tangent. So. According to an article from PillarCatholic.com, they state, quote, the concept comes from the book of Revelation which describes a powerful beast which arises from the earth and takes authority over the people forcing them to commit it's not adultery it's adultery with an I instead of an A and fuck me because I looked up what the word meant and I didn't put it in there. So you can google it yourself (laughs) but they commit adultery uh and requiring them to mark themselves with his sign in order to buy or sell goods scripture says and he causes all the small and the great the rich and the poor and the free and the slaves to be given a mark on their right hands or on their foreheads and he decrees that no one will be able to buy or sell except the one who has the mark either the name of the beast or the number of his name end quote okay so that does not say scratches i okay yes it doesn't (laughs) so i also went further (laughs) so being someone who's not religious in any way and has never read the bible i didn't quite understand what that had to do with being scratched seven times yep um but every search I made about the mark of the beast uh, referenced that particular scripture. So I just figured I'd add it. However, in the same Pillar Catholic article, I did find this, quote, the seven heads of the beast are explained as seven mountains in Revelation 17, colon nine, whatever, however you read those, uh, <laughs> the seven hills of Rome. And the number of the beast, 666, is most commonly interpreted as standing for the name of the Emperor Nero. This was a quote from Dr. Joshua Noble, a tutor at Thomas Aquinas College, who specializes in biblical studies. Emperor Nero, by the way, his full name being Nero Claudius Caesar Augustus Germanicus. Ooh, I just added it in there just to say all those names. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was the fifth Roman emperor, or the last emperor of the Julio-Claudian dynasty. Just in case you were wondering. Thank you. Um, again, I have no idea what exactly that means uh, in relation to religion. But it is a reference to the number seven, which is how many scratches Lou had on his chest. So maybe they correlate in some way. IDK, but I figured I would try to put it together. Thank you for that. You can, I don't know, take that however you want. (laughs) (laughs) So anywho, back to Annabelle. The Warrens decided that an exorcism needed to be performed, so they asked Father Cook, who in the Nesper article was stated to be, quote, uncomfortable with his role as an exorcist, end quote, whatever (laughs) that means. (laughs) He ended up performing the exorcism anyway and blessing the apartment. Afterward, Donna asked that the Warrens take Annabelle with them. On their way home, the Warrens experienced a lot of activity from Annabelle. It said that their car stalled several times and they were in several almost fatal car crashes. Ooh. <laughs> After the third time the car stalled, Ed reportedly grabbed a vial of holy water and splashed Annabelle with it before making the sign of the cross. Apparently, that did it for Annabelle because there was no more activity on the car <laughs> oh ride. Oh my goodness. Home. He got me wet. (laughs) Uh, Once Annabelle was at the Warren's house, Ed set it in a chair next to his desk. Within a few days, the doll was levitating over the chair or would be found in different rooms throughout the house. If they had to leave, they would lock Annabelle up in an office room. And when they returned, they would always find it sitting in Ed's easy chair in the front room of their house. Because they were like, that's the comfortable chair. That's where (laughs) I want to (laughs) be. Sounds creepy. Um, Once a Catholic exorcist by the name of Father Jason Bradford came to visit. And when he saw the doll, he picked it up and said, quote, you're just a rag doll, Annabelle. You can't hurt anyone end quote. Then he tossed Annabelle back into the chair. Ed told him, quote, there's one thing you bet or that's one thing you better not say, end quote. Lorraine asked the priest to please drive safe because she sensed that there was going to be tragedy for the priest. Later that evening, the Warrens apparently received a phone call from Father Jason Bradford saying that he had been in a near fatal car crash, but his brakes failed at a busy intersection. <laughs> oh, now, in the interview with Tony Spera, uh, I believe Ed is talking about this incident I just told you. However, he says that the priest came over to show Ed and Lorraine his new car. The priest then says, what about that doll? And Ed says that the priest heard about it from the TV. So Ed took him to the museum part of the house and showed him Annabelle, who was sitting in a chair he doesn't talk about that like the famous quote you're just a rag doll annabelle you can't hurt anyone because that is said in like every other article like that quote so mm-hmm. apparently in ed's uh recounting of this he doesn't say that at all he doesn't say literally anything he just picks up annabelle and throws her across the room <laughs> <laughs> why <laughs> who the fuck knows <laughs> but afterwards, seemed like less- fun I guess. Uh, less than an hour later, the priest was driving and his new car was sheared in half by a tractor trailer. Ed then goes on to say that God will only allow the devil to go so far. Okay. We don't know. <laughs> so, in the interview, Ed tells another story about how two detectives uh, came to ask Lorraine about a grisly murder they were working on. Ooh. He says... That sometimes the police would consult Lorraine on cases which is interesting that's very um, interesting yeah one of the detectives asks about the museum so Ed takes him over there and the detective says that doll I can't take my eyes off of it then Ed got a personal phone call so he tells the detective not to touch anything in the room because it's all unblessed it's all unholy <laughs> no so, it's not he poured the holy water on her she's fine right. <laughs> uh he says that not even 10 minutes went by and he heard the detective coming up the stairs and the detective was shaking and he could barely talk he said he was worried uh ed said he was worried that the detective was having a heart attack so Ooh. he was getting ready to call an ambulance and the detective said no it's not that so ed asks him what's wrong And the detective says he doesn't want to talk about it. But then Lorraine came in and he said he would talk to Lorraine about it, but not to anyone else. He goes to uh, so Ed goes to look at the museum and he says that everything was knocked over. (laughs) Ed says that the detective had picked up the doll and their auras must have mixed. And he says Uh that the detective retired three months later. So Then they had a special case built for Annabelle, which Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what's so special about it. It's glass and wood. but uh, It's just a custom size, maybe. I guess. But that's all I really had to say about it. She got (laughs) in a special case. And so I don't know if you've heard this before, uh, but Annabelle is actually blamed for killing a person cool I have not you didn't say it in the last episode so uh I think I I did but I think it kind of just I didn't say anything else about it maybe then but (laughs) uh maybe I did I don't know I don't remember but I I think I did but uh after the wards created their museum and Annabelle Annabelle was in its glass case a young man came in uh with his girlfriend And after hearing Ed tell the story of Annabelle, he went up to the glass case and started banging on it, yeah, saying that he wanted Annabelle to scratch him. And so Ed stopped him and told him to leave. And so the couple left on a motorcycle and it said that they were making fun of the doll when the man lost control of the motorcycle and he collided head on with the tree. (laughs) <laughs> it killed him instantly, but his girlfriend survived, although she was hospitalized for over a year. Wow. Yeah, she claims that right before they hit the tree they were laughing at Annabelle. Okay. Uh, That's a really big hospital bill. <laughs> yeah, that is a very big hospital bill. Um, So that's kind of it for Annabelle, but Uh, Now I'm going to talk about the BuzzFeed Unsolved episode, because I did watch that. Um, They're freaking hilarious. (laughs) I love them. Um, So they went to the Warrens Museum, and they did like their own little tiny investigation. So there is Ryan Bergara, who is a believer. And then there is Shane. And I'm so sorry if I'm saying this last name wrong mage his last name is m-a-d-e-j so mage maybe that, that's my best guess um and he is clearly a skeptic <laughs> uh they did an evp session in front of the annabelle doll together they literally remind me of being Mormon. <laughs> uh brian said he heard a knock from inside the wooden case and shane just openly mocks him and- wait is ryan the really tall guy no i don't think so oh never mind um but yeah so shane's just openly like laughing at him and he's like "Ooh, a knock on the wood (laughs) but uh so they turned his spirit box on for a few minutes and nothing came through um shane said you're just a doll like the priest that i talked about earlier Mm -hmm. said on purpose to try to provoke Annabelle and Ryan was just like uh like scared out of his mind (laughs) so uh nothing happened just so you know um Ryan said it seems like so they cut to a different scene where Ryan's sitting outside by himself and it said Ryan uh so Ryan said it just seems like you need to respect her and then immediately It cuts to Shane, who is in there by himself with Annabelle. And he says to Annabelle, just so you know, I do not respect you. (laughs) Uh, So he also has two flashlights. Shane does. He has two flashlights on either side of Annabelle's case. And they're both off. And as he's talking to her, one comes on. And then the other one comes on. And they just kind of stay on. Then he says, quote, if you're going to kill me, turn the right one off. And then the right one turns off. Oh, Lord. But then he says, if you're going to kill Ryan in the next week, turn the other one off. And it flickers for a few seconds. And then it goes off. Then Ryan goes in there with Annabelle by himself. And Ryan asks Annabelle if she wants to talk. And if she does want to talk, she should turn the flashlight on the right off it turned the flashlight on the left on he counts to five and the flashlight goes off so the one on the right was already on but so then it turns off but uh and then the other one doesn't come on so then nothing really happens basically is what i'm saying (laughs) and then shane comes back in And so it seemed like they did do EVPs, but when the episode ended, they didn't really talk about them. So Mm. I'm guessing they didn't catch anything. Probably not. So I'm going to leave you with one more thing. Apparently, during the summer of 2020, a rumor started circulating that Annabelle had left the museum. (laughs) (laughs) Someone on the internet changed her Wikipedia entry. Claiming that she had escaped from the museum. Oh my lord. And that's literally all it took. People started freaking the fuck out. Thinking she was on the loose. Uh, And I actually remember this. (laughs) However. Very quickly after. Tony Spera. uh, Made a YouTube video. Showing the doll. Still sitting in it's case. And he said. Quote. Remember I have high tech security here. If she had left the museum, I'd instantly know if something happened or if someone broke in. We have good alarm systems here, and the police are very good to respond. End quote. The Wikipedia page was also very quickly corrected after its change. He could have made, like, a YouTube video a while ago and just had it just in case. Yeah, it could (laughs) be just a giant conspiracy. It it totally could. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, so what do you think about Annabelle? So that's more than I ever knew about her. Well, good. Um It sounds weird. I don't know. I still can't get over the fact that her mom gave her a doll at 20... 28? 20 eight. Eight? <laughs> <laughs> like, who does that? Also, why was why would the spirit just take over a doll randomly i'm sure there were some sort of kids somewhere in that apartment there's always at least one annoying kid to scream and cry all the freaking time (laughs) so i'm sure she could have found a kid to hang out with you guys would be very amazed as how much she dogs on children she's a really good aunt (laughs) (laughs) kids are evil yours are fine (laughs) that's called bias (laughs) yeah majorly (laughs) if I didn't watch them be born well kind of not Val but almost watch them be born both of them I probably wouldn't like them either (laughs) but instead I love them I'm with you I don't know how I feel about Annabelle I didn't see anything really compelling or evidence, really, that it did anything. Sorry, guys. I yawned. But, uh... Oh, great. Now I have to yawn, or I'll be <laughs> thought of as a psycho. <laughs> yeah, I didn- couldn't find, like, I typed in, like, experiences with Annabelle and all of that, and I didn't see anything. Mm. No, there was no evidence. It's just a doll in a case. Yeah. That may not have made someone get into a motorcycle accident. Doubtful, <laughs> could just because that happens all the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean it just could have been bad luck. They so, were obviously very distracted. Uh, obviously, they didn't seem like I don't know from the way that he was talking to Annabelle. He didn't seem like the most like respectful person on earth. So I could see also, distracted driving. Did the uh. BuzzFeed people have problems driving home because the, the ones just straight up said he didn't respect her. So yeah, it's so funny because they ended the episode. They were sitting in the back of like the van or whatever together. So somebody was driving them. And Ryan was like, I can't believe you said that to Annabelle. That's so rude for you to be sitting here next to us. All of putting all of us in danger. In this van." <laughs> nothing happened to them yeah they're fine oh what a shock so let us know what you guys think about Annabelle uh have you been to the Warren's Museum it's uh closed now uh due to some kind of it's breaking some kind of zoning law I don't know (laughs) what I didn't really look into it but yeah Tony Sparrow still owns it but it's not open I don't think to the public or maybe it's open only by appointment or something I'm not sure Mm. but uh, let us know if you've seen it or you've been there Uh, also just let us know if you have any other you know paranormal stories or cryptid stories um, or urban legends we want to start a listener submission uh, story episode (laughs) so that would be really awesome please do you can do that at this is legendpod at gmail. We love emails. And our website, thisislegendpod.com, you can submit on there. We also have our social medias, which is Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at this is legend pod. Uh, well, keep it spooky, classy, and sassy. But most of all, keep it legendary and sanitary. Don't get sick. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye.